Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. My name is Luke Charles, and we're so glad you could join us. But before we begin, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord. We just thank you that you have given us grace and mercy, Lord, time after time, Lord, even when we did not deserve it, Lord, but that you still loved us, Lord, and that you loved us as your children. And Lord, we also just thank you that we have the same opportunity to show grace and mercy to those who are around us, Lord, that we we can demonstrate your nature and your attributes to them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. So glad to have you with us as we continue our study in the book of Hebrews. And this morning we are continuing our discussion in or on chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. So if you're joining us for the first time or rejoining us, we want to encourage you to pause the episode and just take a moment to read through that section of scripture just to make things easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would just like to um, ask my question again okay. about that section of Scripture. In verse verses 4 and 5, it talks about having become partakers of the Holy Spirit and tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. But then... The, the ones who have done such as and tasted the goodness of God, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance. What was that talking about? Was it saying that if they sin, then there is no repentance for them? Or was it is something else that they've done that there's no repentance for them? Like what's, what's, what is actually being said here? So there's a lot in there. And um, one of the things that is definitely being mentioned are, what we'll call some hardline choices. Mm-hmm. And there's two in particular that um, are, are mentioned, right? The first being bla- blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the second is taking the mark of the beast. Those are some hardline choices that people make. Mm-hmm. And they definitely carry a significant consequence, right? Well, We'll go with blaspheming the Holy Spirit first, right? And that's in three sections of Scripture. The first one is Matthew 12, 31 and 32. It says, therefore, and this is Jesus speaking, it says, therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. It's also in Mark 3, 28 and 29. Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men and whoever blasts whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness but is subject to eternal condemnation. And then again in Luke chapter 12, 
I'll have to find it here. I believe it's Luke chapter 12. Verse 10. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. So there are three examples, three times in Scripture that that specific sin, we're told, will not be forgiven men. Yes, Dad. Does everybody understand that and why? Uh, not sure of the necessarily knowing the why. I don't know what blaspheming the Holy Spirit is, so. Okay, anyone? That's an open, open question. Nor do I. I don't know why either. Okay. What is blasphemy? Uh, I'm not sure. Speaking something that... Um, so how the Pharisees described it inside of the Gospels, they essentially said it's acquainting yourself to God and claiming that you are God and that the Lord's no longer in a position of esteem for them, but treating him as though he is common and uh, essentially like fleshly. Because we see when Jesus said he was the son of God, they said, look, he blasphemes for he puts himself on the same level as God. Mm. So what they were trying to say about Jesus was that he was treating the Lord with irreverence, right? And if you study it out uh, in Acts, there's Ananias and Sapphira, right? And what did they do? They lied against the Holy Spirit, right? Yes, Dad. And they had a, a very rapid consequence. And that was what, what the Holy Spirit told Peter, right? Why did you determine in your heart to lie against the Holy Spirit? Right? Yes, Dan. So there is a, an irreverence there. But then also, if you examine that, there are multiple sins, right? What's it say in Revelation? And anything that even causes a lie will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Yes, Dan. So, something for us to be aware of. And the, let's say the biblical definition would be slander, detraction, mm -hmm. injurious speech to another's good name, impious, reproachful speech, injurious to divine majesty, speaking evil of, railing against, vilification, Okay, so one true living God, and then you're going to attempt to vilify him, who's there to lead you and guide you and lead you into all the truth and teach you not only things, but things to come. And it says that what those that are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. Yes, Dan. So literally the one that is leading you and teaching you and empowering you to walk in the manner that we're called to walk in, being conformed to the image of Jesus, the Christ, and somehow someone makes a choice to lie against him. I mean, that, that carries some significant weight, yes? Yes, Dan. Yes. That carries significant weight because Jesus said it. 
And Jesus is the righteous judge. So yes, he Dad. already set the standard. Yes, Dad. Yes, Dad. So does everybody get that thus far? Yes. yes. Anything else? Well, Dad, as you were speaking and explaining, the Lord was also reminding me that all the various points where we see this, um, he was breaking it down and explaining to me in the manner that we see inside of the Old Testament, especially, um, I'm thinking more so of the example with Elijah, when he went to Mount Carmel and he was talking to the prophets of Baal. Mm-hmm. How afterwards, even though he was, he demonstrated that the Lord was God, the hearts of the prophets was not with him. Meaning that way, they were still inside of the serving of an idol, even though they had, quote unquote, seen the power. And I think this is something that's also being referred to here is that you have tasted the power of the Lord, but and you have seen it, whether it be physical, meaning like you physically saw something like with Elijah, or you have had a revelation of something, but then you willingly go and serve the idols. But then even afterwards, when the Lord comes to you, you harden your heart. Because we see multiple instances where um, people would think of the Lord in a negative view in light, but then he would come and draw them, not draw them away, but he would come and restore them. But this person, and as you said, Mommy, um, and to answer your question, this is not just referring to a person sinning. This is something totally different. It's a changing of the heart um, that leads to this state and to this point because we all know that we have all sinned. Mm-hmm. And we see that anyone who says they have not sinned, you have told the greatest sin in your life. You lied. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't say the greatest sin, but but, but in lied. what you said, right? Mm-hmm. In what you said, had that would they not have tasted the goodness? Yes. If they are also filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized and, in the Holy Spirit. And in chapter six of Hebrews, that's what it actually says in verse four: mm-hmm. have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. That's specific to a believer. Absolutely, because. The Holy Spirit is who draws us to Christ, who draws us to repentance. And then when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the fullness of the Godhead comes to dwell with us and in us. And when we accept the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon us, the Holy Spirit rests upon us. So he's talking specifically about believers in this case that have partaken of Holy Spirit. A sinner has not partaken of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's there knocking on the door, trying to draw them to Christ, but they haven't partaken of him. This is someone who knows him, but then at a later time rejects him and refuses to um, believe him any longer. So for that person and the, the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, that's salvation, redeeming us from sin, death, and the curse to present us to God the Father, to himself later, right, in eternity, if you will. So that's specifically talking about someone who once believed in Christ because Holy Spirit drew him and was a part of the family of God, who not just fell away into sin in the regard of like prodigal son kind of thing, but this is something deeper. And um, Charles, you can go ahead and finish your thoughts, sweetie. Oh, thank you, Mommy. You're welcome. And I was at the prodigal son, and I wanted to read that, um, just parts of it. And I'll read the first one he said. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. 
And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possession with prodigal living. We see here that um, this is also referring to uh, believers in the regard of that God is our Father. We see that inside of John 8. He said, you guys do, John 9 actually, you do the will of your Father, you do what you see your Father the devil doing. But here he's talking about Jesus being our Father, but as you were explaining, Mommy, the difference was um, how they've tasted and seen. There's a difference between understanding the Holy Spirit. You know, he vaguely exists. Um, inside the it light. doesn't vaguely exist, sir. I mean, inside the person's mind. He's a relatively vague. He's they, not... they may not be completely aware or perceive Holy Spirit moving in and through everything. Yes. Rest Their assured. perception is vague. Right. Yes. Holy Spirit's presence or reality. Okay. Their perception of him is vague. And mm-hmm. Whereas this person has a deep and intimate relationship. It's kind of like um, when Elijah went into the mountain, he talked with the Lord. Or even with Moses, he had a personal relationship, and that's how we should have a relationship with God. And that's truly partaking in. And the Lord was also reminding me that in all these um, points where he talks about, we see that like in the example of Ananias and Sapphira, it would look like they just lied, and why was this happening to them? Um, Meaning that I know myself, I have lied before. So what the Lord was explaining to me was also... Once you have a perspective and understanding of the Lord, yes, and you willingly go and serve something else and go do something else, at that point, um, it becomes harder. I would say it's as though when you know your parents told you to do something and do it anyway. Tell you not to do something? Yes, tell you not to do something and you do it anyway. Mm -hmm. That carries a different set of consequences than whereas if you didn't know because you have done so with your eyes wide open. Example of Balaam, he knew exactly what he was doing that he was not supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. what he was doing, but he decided to do it anyway, and it cost him. Mm-hmm. He was among those people who was who were unable to be restored unto repentance because he already knew what the Lord wanted, but his own desires and greed won out. So the Lord's remind me that these people were the ones that also John said inside of First John, they were up, they were among us, but they're never of us. It was never in their heart to truly serve the Lord. Yes, the Lord will honor them, um, meaning that if you come to him, he already knows your final decision. Mm-hmm. It's not a great surprise if people fall away and, as in the great apostasy. It's not going to be mm-hmm. surprising. He already knows all those things, but he still gives us the opportunity. So these are the people who never truly had a relationship with the Lord. They just wanted the power for their own example, being Simon inside of Acts 8, how he just wanted the power so he can do what he wanted with it. When he asked the disciples, give me this power also. So whomever I lay my hands on will receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, ultimately, yes, that's a hardline decision because they committed to being against the Lord. But that's not exactly what we're talking here because even in the example of the prodigal son, he repented and returned and was restored. Yes, Dad. Okay? We're talking about hardline choices, and there's two, and we have not covered the second one yet. The first one, as we said, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, and the second one is taking the mark of the beast. And you'll find that in Revelation 13. And speaking about the beast, verses 16 through 18 says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast 
or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who is understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Okay. Why is that a hard line choice? Because we know it says those who were not written in the book of life were the ones who would receive it. Okay. Can you find that scripture? Yes. Um, yes. It's All right. also and what, oh, you have it? 13. Yes, I just need the verse number because I wrote it down, but I forgot to put the verse number. But it is Revelation 13 as well. Uh, try verse 10. Verse, no, that's not Verse it. 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. This is talking about the beast of the sea. Whose names have not been written in the book of the lamb, or in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Okay. So, so right there, you see why those who take the mark of the beast, or why this is a hard line choice. Those who take the mark of the beast, this is very plainly, their names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. But also, what is the hard line choice that they have made? To serve the devil. Okay. Ultimately, it's, that is the choice, but it is deeper than that. They're trying to save their own life. And... What did the Lord say when he was, uh, our Lord Jesus, say when he was questioned concerning the tax in the temple? Render to Caesars. Whose image and inscription is on this. And then he said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's, denoting that we have already been formed in his image and likeness. His image and inscription is on us. His word, for those that are his, are written on the tablets of our hearts. Okay? Yes. Now they are choosing to try to save their own life by joining themselves to Satan, the adversary, the devil, and even taking his mark, image and inscription, mm-hmm. a mark of a man not God. Also, worshiping that entity, individual, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, Dad. Mark of a man, not of God, and someone who is a liar. Who It says very plainly about him in Scripture that when he speaks, he speaks a lie because he speaks of his native tongue. And anything that causes a lie will not enter into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So they chose to join the people that take the mark are choosing to trust this man, not God, for their provision and are seeking to save their life. Where it says very plainly that as many that would not worship the image of the beast, as in verse 15, those were killed. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... You see the difference and and the divide there. Those individuals that were killed still trusted the Lord for their everything. That's a a hard line choice, but in favor of the Lord. Yes, Dan. So there are hard line choices that are made. There are. We should be aware of them. Amen to that. And for those that make those hard line choices against the Lord, there doesn't remain... I'll say restoration 
a renewal to repentance. Mm-hmm. As it's saying here in, in Hebrews 6, verse 6, right? If they fall away to renew them again to repentance. Oh, sorry. Uh, verse 5 and 6. Um, how there's there's no way to renew them again to repentance as they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. So, let's be aware of those things in our life. But again, how do we do that? Run everything, let everything pass by before the Lord. Let everything pass by before Holy Spirit. And don't place any other value higher than the name of the Lord, whether Amen. it be your physical life, whether it be your finances, whether it be your children. Nothing can have a higher place in you than the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And again, as God counts things, he knows and judges the hearts. Amen to that. And the outward action is neither here nor there as far as man sees it. It's what the Lord says about it. So hold fast to him no matter what you face and put him as as your highest value and your prize so that you're able to remain. Amen to that. All right, so I know there's a lot in there. So we're going to pause there for today and allow you to have the time and opportunity to search the scriptures and have the Holy Spirit minister to you, to your to your heart. And that way, all of this can be applied to your life. So, with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the understanding that you've given us through this morning, Lord, and the time and the word, God. We ask that you'll continue to guide us into all truth and show us things to come, Lord, and reveal those areas in us that don't reflect you, Lord, so that we're able to uproot them and truly be conformed to the image of your son, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. So we thank you for all those things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says Subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.